Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, church, and all our guests. Great to see you again. It's another Sunday. Lockdown is thawing out and people are going out. It's so good. And we have to be careful. I get all that. But you know what? It's so refreshing to get out and be with your friends. That's how God made us. He made us to be gregarious, to be friendly, to have friendships and enjoy each other. We're social animals. That's how he's made us. So it's important. That's why church is important. That's why just believing in God is only one part. That's like one part of two sides of a coin. The other part is friendship, or the Bible calls it fellowship because that's how God made us to be. Do you know when God's at the centre of everything, then things work out for your good. They do. And it, you know, it's not that we, we're cotton wooled as believers, that everything goes well all the time. That's not true. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But fear not. That's a great phrase. Don't be frightened. Don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. Fear not. I have overcome the world. The words of Jesus are strong and powerful to us today as they were 2,000 years ago when he spoke them in Palestine. So today, God's word is going to come to us. I am buzzing today to, to bring God's message because everything in life starts with a word. Everything that God wants to do in your life and my life starts with a word. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God said, and God said, you read the Genesis account, and every time God speaks, he creates. And everything starts with a word. And as we come out to lockdown, life is going to be different, totally different for so many people. And you know, so many people are going to change their careers. They're going to change the businesses. They're going to change the jobs. Why? Because during the lockdown, what was deep in the heart, how they were hardwired, how they are supposed to be and what they're supposed to do has managed to come back to the surface. And they're looking at what they do and they think, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's not because they're lazy and it's not because they're confused. It's, it's a bit like, you know, we used to collect bonfire wood when we were kids and you can't do them kind of things now. But it was such an exciting time years ago before the politically correct brigade hijacked everything. And, you know, we used to get back doors and stuff like that, and that we'd put them on the grass. And then once we'd burnt all the wood, the grass where the doors had been laid has been flattened. And it took two or three days to come back, and it would rain and sunshine, rain and sunshine, and then the grass would grow again and start living again. And it's been like that for people in lockdown. The doors have been taken off if I can use it as a metaphor, the things that, well, I've got to do this because I've got to make money to pay for my mortgage and keep the things going with my family. And, you know, we've had to, we've had to put up with stuff. And now, now that we've, that that's been taken off and we couldn't go to work and many of us were still being paid. It's like, do you know what, if I could do what's in my heart to do, I won't do that. I want to do this. Can you see what I'm saying? But it's scary to change from what you're used to and what you've been doing and what you uh, you know that will, will provide for you to try something new. But here's the thing. Many of you are not going to have an option. You've lost your job or you will lose your job. 
And I want to speak into that because our God is a God of more than enough. He's not El Chipo, he's El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the God of more than enough. In the Old Testament, when God said to Moses, go and set my people free from uh, from Pharaoh, because Pharaoh was mistreating God's people. He was treating, treating them like slaves. And he wouldn't even give them enough materials to build the bricks that they were making for his empire. And slave drivers used to come whipping them on their backs and, and working them into the ground and people were dying left right and center it was an awful time and they're in a time where God's people locked up in prison really in Egypt it was a time of not enough and when you've not got enough in life it's a miserable time and God went sent Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt and so he did and the people came out of Egypt and they were supposed to go into the promised land but you know they rebelled against God's word God said, I've got a promised land for you where there's houses for you. There's milk and honey. There's olive groves that you didn't plant. There's grapes that you didn't uh, you didn't plant. Grapes equals wine. You've got it. You, you know, they've been slaves eating garlic and onions. That was their staple diet. And God had, had got planned for them a land flowing with milk and honey. Absolutely beautiful. And wine. Fantastic. Do you know what? They rebelled against God's word. Didn't I say everything begins with a word? Even the deliverance of God's people began with a word. And the promise of the future is in the word. God's people, the children of Israel, they rebelled against his word. And so what should have took 14 days, no more than 14 days to get from where they were in the wilderness into the promised land. It took them 40 years, 4-0, 40 years. And during that time, God provided for them, even though they were rebellious. God's still like a dad. He's like a father. And he provided manna and quail. And manna, they turned into bread. And quail was the meat that they had. And so they had manna and quail every day for 40 years. They got so fed up of it. <laughs> but you see, they rebelled against God's word. God's word was liberating. But we try to understand everything. We try to think we, we can outthink God and, and we have a better plan than he's got rather than just trusting in him. But, you know, they went from not enough in Egypt to just enough in the desert. And God eventually took them uh, through Joshua into the promised land. And they got in there and they had more than enough. And they had to drive out the inhabitants of that land. And like any landlord, that land belonged to God. And God says, you don't belong here. And he evicted them until good tenants got in and his people got in there. And they had houses they never built. And they had vineyards and stuff that they never planted. And they had cattle and stuff that was already there for them. And it was just amazing. But God's plan for every one of us is that we have more than enough. And wherever we are in this world, God's word works. And, you know, we are not subject to the economic downturns or everything. We have to live through it. But, you know, uh, God's word can, can bring you through those times and make you prosperous. One of the commands God gave in Deuteronomy 8.18 was, Remember the Lord, for it is he who gives you the ability or power to create wealth. If being wealthy or creating wealth is a, a sinful thing or a wrong thing, why would God give you the, the ability to create it. You see, it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money 
that's the root of all evil when what you live for day and night is just money 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 making money 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 and it's like no 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 that's what causes a lot of grief but you see money the bible says answers all things and it's great to have money we need to appreciate money look after our money not squander it but invest it and spend it wisely and learn how to save you know we do a lot of this teaching and training within global because we want families to get from not enough through just enough to more than enough so that you've got that much you can be generous to other people that's God's ultimate will for us all is that we're able to be a blessing to others you'll find all this kind of stuff in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 it's fantastic God has got uh, promises for us but he worked through his people to demonstrate to us that he's a God of more than enough a couple of uh, scriptures for us it says in Psalm 35 verse 27 God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants and that's not just money prosperity is a sound mind prosperity is a, is a peaceful heart prosperity is that we've got work to do you know that we're working with our hands working with our in our lives and then uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 the Bible says that my God will liberally supply all your every need according to the riches in glory in Christ Jesus liberally meet every need so good God's not stingy but you know he works through us and we've got to learn how to work with him we are co-workers with Christ the Bible says and we have to learn to work with God so that he knows what's around the corner he knows how to get you and me into the right place at the right time for the right reasons so the title of my talk today could be moving from scrape through to breakthrough or I like this one the faithful will flourish the faithful will flourish because faithful people don't give up faithful people do every day what unfaithful people do every now and again <laughs> faithful people just do it every day they keep going and doing the right thing you know we need God's help to, to do that because some days are tougher than others you know there's such a thing in the Bible as spiritual warfare but there's such a thing on earth as blanket warfare <laughs> and we've got to learn to keep going developing habits use your disciplines to develop habits so that your habits then can take you to the desired outcomes of your life so anyway enough of my life coaching there let me read your story I want to tell you a story I've got three simple points for us today but I want to tell you a story it's a true story and it's in the Old Testament before Jesus came God was still at work on planet earth invisibly he was working through special people in those days special people called prophets and they, they were empowered or anointed by the Holy Spirit to come and bring God's message and the prophet was feared respected so much to the point of fear because whenever a prophet went into a city or a town the, the people would come out and say are you coming in peace or in judgment and they, they were scared and the prophet would would tell them to get their lives and their act together and he would say this is what God says if you do this this is going to happen if you don't do this this is going to happen the people would they would really respect the man of God and in this nation you know they used to respect 
the priests and the vicars and the uh, the pastors. You know, I want to say this, that most pastors and vicars and priests are good, but, you know, you get bad in everything. Most police are good, but you get bad in them. Most employers are good, but you get the bad ones too. So, you know, understand what I'm saying. And, you know, when we respect God's word, it's like, what does God think about this? What does God think about that? And, you know, we, we need to become a nation again, asking what, what is the word from God? What does God say about our situation? And as I preach every, every week, I always try to give scriptures so that if you don't know the Bible, I'll tell you what the book is and where the chapter is and the verse and you go and find it because then you can start to, to know the Bible yourself. And then when you're going through uh, troubles or you're, you're thinking of, about making some changes or you've got hopes and aspirations, you'll look and find verses in the Bible that apply to your situation and you can feed yourself you can go and find them and start to pray into those promises get all of them promises and speak them out and repeat them to yourself and say no my god will supply all my needs liberally by you know his riches in glory in christ jesus that's what god will do and you know god will give me the ability to create wealth and and so we start to to get god's word not just coming into our ears but in our hearts and in our lifestyle, in our conversations. I want to read you a story from 1 Kings chapter 17 and it's about Elijah the Tishbite. Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab the king, as the Lord the God of Israel lives whom I serve there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Wow. This is a leader in God's amongst God's people who has influence with the king. That is incredible. I want people in global to have influence with our government. In fact, they already are doing, but I want it more. I want to influence the influencers because we need to be a nation that knows God's word because when we have God's word, we will prosper. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kerith ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. God's got it all ready, and it's unconventional. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. Listen, what does it say? It says, so he did what the Lord had told him. He obeyed God's word. That's how much he respected it. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. God supplied his needs. Can you see? Verse 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Sometime later, God's provision what, how God had provided so far dried up. And that's what's going to happen to so many of you after this lockdown. You're going to come out and God's provision, how he provided for you in the past, is not going to be there anymore. And I don't want you to panic. I want you to look up and say, God, what's your word for me? And I want to bring you some of his principles today. The word of the Lord 
came to him. He said, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow. I have commanded a widow. Can you see God in control? I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. Can I just say that Zarephath wasn't a place where Jewish people lived? So it wasn't home territory. God sent him to a different place that you know wasn't necessarily familiar to this man. It's not a place he would naturally hang out. I'm giving you some clues now as to what God, the way God might lead you in getting another job. Or lead you, in other words, on the way to getting another job. So when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. This doesn't look good, does it? It's a widow gathering sticks. It's not like, you know, th th there's a group of people there that are great entrepreneurs. They've all got loads of money and flash pads. And yeah, this is where God's getting you. It's, it's not like that at all. He called out to her. Elijah called out to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? I want you to see the, the tenderness of this awesome man of God. This, the tenderness of this leader was incredible. Give me a little drink. Would you bring me a little drink of water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, uh, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. The Lord your God, not her God. The Lord your God. As sure as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. And listen to her language, it's so small. I don't have any bread. I only, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we, we may eat it and die. How happy was she? <laughs> what a situation that Elijah is in. What a really bad situation the woman is in. So now, not just Elijah needs his supply from God. She needs a supply from God, not just for her, but for her son as well. And this is an amazing story because it's a story of not enough. And that's where many of us are going to find ourselves in the next few months and possibly years. A place of not enough or just enough. And this woman had got just enough for that day. Well, not even for that day, for that meal. And then that was it. It was over. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. How brilliant is that? Often when Jesus came to his disciples, the first thing he would say to them was, fear not. Don't be afraid. And I want to say this today as the leader of global. You have no need to be afraid of tomorrow or the day after. When you come out of lockdown and start to pick up the pieces, fear will attack you. But you must resist it. Don't live under fear because fear will cause you to give up and shrink back. It will do your head in. And I want to say have faith. Have faith in the invisible God and start to commit your ways to him and watch the miracles he performs. These stories, the Bible says, are written for our instruction so that we can know how God works and operates. You know, this is important for us to know the works of God and not just the words of God. 
That's why we read the stories in the Bible, because we see how God works in people's lives. And when you see how incredible God works in people's lives, ordinary people like you and me, it gives us hope and faith is born. And now we say, I'm not on my own. I, I, I'm, I'm going to make it my, my life now with God and, and, and God Almighty's on my side. He's backing me up. I've got Jesus. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got the church. So Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Now, when I first read that story, I'm thinking, you selfish, selfish man. Surely God would tell you to, to tell him not to bother about you. You're a fully grown man, for goodness sake. You can look after yourself. You know, she's got a young kid. But you see, our ways are not God's ways. Isaiah chapter 55 is a great chapter. My ways are higher than yours, says the Lord. Yours ways are not my ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And, and you know, we have to learn how God works and how he operates. And Elijah represents God and he says, give me the bread first. And that's a massive step of faith. And, 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 and here, Elijah is creating an atmosphere for the woman to have faith. She is poor. She has got next to nothing. And the bit that she has, he wants her to give the first bit to him who represents God. And as we do that in life, you know, we talk about giving a 10% to tithe, you know, to God. And when people first become Christians, they think it's a cult. They think it's like, oh, pastor wants holidays abroad and all that lot. You'll be getting all the money in. You know, we have all these kind of fears. But listen, when we bring that 10% in, you know, that 10% is God's. It's not ours. And so it's not like we're giving it in. It's his. You know, we're not to hold back on that. And when, when we give it him, you watch how he gets hold of the other 90% and blesses it. Even when you, you're struggling, I want to encourage you to keep tithing. Because, like, you know, as, as you start to work, God will work miracles in your life like he did uh, with this woman. And during the credit crunch, me and my wife kept tithing. And there came a time once where I said, we can't afford it. And I stopped tithing for a few months. And, you know, it didn't go well. And I just said, I can't afford not to tithe. We, we, we started tithing again. I'm just being honest with you. And honestly, we got through the credit crunch. And we're in a far better place than we were five years ago. We're in a far better place than we were 10 years ago. Definitely. It is amazing. And so God, even though we couldn't afford it, somehow God worked it out for us. And I'm, I'm just telling you this because this is what's happening to this woman. This is reality. This is real life. He gave the woman God's word. He said, if you'll give me that first bread. You see, even when she gives him that first bread, it's, that's not going to fill him. He's a bloke. He's a grown bloke. So clearly he's not after being fed. He's after her exercising faith. Her own faith. Not as she said, you know, she, she talked about God being his God, not her God. And so... This woman's not a Jewish woman. She's not from the same background as him. 
but he's encouraging her to have faith. She wasn't brought up in his synagogue or his church. And many of you are not brought up in church and you're listening in and I'm teaching you God's word. And so as you get older, God's word, miracles flow. And so this woman, it was promised, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And it says this, she went away and did as Elijah told her. So if my first point is, you know, everything starts with a word. My second point is, she was willing and obedient. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the finest of the land. And this woman was willing and obedient. She went and did as Elijah had told her. And she had faith in God's word. So there was food every day for Elijah. God provided for him like he promised. And her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. This is amazing. And scholars reckon it was about 12 months that went on for her. She had one meal left. And God stretched it out for 12 months. You work it out. Two or three meals a day. Just work it out. You do the maths. Because I can't. So she was willing. And she was obedient. And she had an unwavering faith. Or a belief. Number three. A belief that just continued beyond her understanding. It was an unwavering faith. She was willing and obedient. You know when Jesus turned water into wine. In the New Testament at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, Jesus said to his, his, his mother, why do you involve me? And she said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Nike, just do it. And, and, and in that she encapsulated Christianity. Just do it. Whatever he tells you to do, God's word, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And what I've been saying about the disciples uh, Jesus said, get into the boat. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. And it says, and the disciples followed him into the boat. And they did get to the other side of the lake, even though there was a storm ahead. And I want to finish today by saying, as you give your life to God, as you put your trust in him and trust your life and the life of your family and the livelihood of your business or the livelihood of your work or whatever, and you say, it looks like it's not enough. I want to say to you today, I want to give you the promises of the Bible that as you trust him, God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God, God can make happen what you can't make happen. And as you commit your life to him, he's going to move you from not enough through just enough to more than enough. And it says that the word came to Elijah and Elijah obeyed it and God provided for him. And then when he met the widow woman, you know, she, she'd lost her husband. She's got pain and grief and she's about to lose her son. And his son would have been her pension. She's about to lose a pension pot because she can't feed him. Can you see what I'm saying? She's got a lot to lose. But the word of the Lord came and said, if you will do this, your flower is not going to, your resources are not going to run out. Come on, we're going to see some miracles in the next few days, weeks and months and years. 
we got through the, the credit crunch and I speak to you like a prophet coming from that credit crunch. And I'm saying, my God will supply all your needs. We need to trust God, but we need to create that atmosphere for you to give. And don't stop giving and sowing. It's only a little, but just sow what you've got. And sometimes you haven't got enough for what you're looking for. And uh, too many people just eat the seed. Like this woman, she was just going to get all of the flour and the oil and just, you know, make a pancake or whatever she was going to have. She was going to eat it and then die. But instead of eating the seed, she planted a seed. This is what I'm trying to say to you. And sometimes we haven't got enough and we just think, well, never mind. It's, it can't do anything. Yes, it can. Don't eat your seed. Sow it. Sow it. And, uh, and see what God does. Sow it into good soil and global's great soil. Sow it in and watch God multiply it back to you. So we've got a lot to look forward to. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 